live from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Fight for Good podcast. I'm your host, Major Jamie Satterley, and I'm so excited to share today's podcast with you. Uh, We will be listening to an interview uh, from our journalist, David Reardon, uh, as he talks with Kevin Larson and Bill Flynn about the Salvation Army and the Rose Bowl Parade. Kevin Larson is the Divisional Music Director of the Salvation Army California South Division, and Bill Flynn is a Salvationist and former Tournament of Roses Executive Director. The Salvation Army has been participating in the Rose Bowl Parade for a long time. It's a, a great tradition. So many uh, young people and, a, and even, uh, even some adults will participate in this thing, and it's so um, it just broadens their experience musically. Uh, and gives them some great opportunities. So we are going to take the time to listen uh, and be encouraged as we hear all about this great partnership between the Salvation Army and the Rose Bowl Parade. Okay, well, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Really excited to talk to you about the Rose Parade this morning. Well, it's great to be here. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. I'm always happy to talk about the Rose Parade. And greetings from Pasadena, David. It's good to be with you as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm in Seattle. You're in Pasadena. Kevin, where are you? I'm in Orange County. All right. All over the place, kind of. West That's Coast. Right. Um, okay. So let's just start. Uh, I'd like to just hear a little bit about both of you uh, and your roles with the Salvation Army. Bill, can we start with you? Sure. Uh, I was uh, born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to Salvation Army officer parents. Uh, I had um, great grandparents who were Salvation Army Corps officers as well and uh, great-grandparents that were Salvationists. So I'm a fourth-generation Salvationist, so I'm a lifetime Salvationist. And in the Salvation Army, I have been an active soldier uh, all of my life, and I have been involved in music ministries at uh, my local corps. And in the case of Pasadena, I have been in musical leadership there for now 45 years. Wow, that's amazing. And Kevin, what about you? Yeah, a kind of similar story to uh, to Bill. Grew up in the Salvation Army with officer parents, and uh, we go, you know, many generations back, right from the very start of the Salvation Army. And uh, currently, uh, my position now is the uh, director of music for this division, and I've been in this role for twenty plus years now. Wow, it's so great to have two amazing musicians like you, yourself, you, both of you guys, uh, in the leadership roles that you've been in. Um, I, I played under Kevin. I don't think I've played under you before, Bill, but you're both really great. <laughs> um, I wasn't now, too cruel on you. Was I, was I nice? Oh, yeah, under no, my leadership? You, okay, good. You're a wonderful Just man, Master. Excellent. You, you, you. You, may, you may be being too generous to us. Oh, please. No, 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 not at all. Uh, so the Salvation Army has a long history with the Rose Bowl Parade. Uh, can you guys tell us a little bit about the history of the partnership and how the TSA got involved? Uh, how about, let's start with you, Bill. I know you have like a, Almost, you, you practically have a degree in Rose Parade history. So let's start with you. Well, um, it really started back in 1920 uh, and just prior to that. The actual core band was known as the uh, Los Angeles Citadel Band, uh, which is the modern day Pasadena Tabernacle Band. Um, that band um, applied and was actually attempting to get into the parade and they were accepted as a core band. So that core band was led by um, a gentleman who was the bandmaster, Harold Gooding, 
who ironically has a grandson that still plays in the Passing and Tabernacle Band. And uh, they got into the parade and uh, went in. They also put a float in the parade uh, later on in the 20s. And that band then continued to grow as the Tournament of Roses requirements um, expanded to be bands larger than what the uh, Citadel Band, Tabernacle Band was. Uh, they started looking to other core in the Los Angeles area and in Southern California to come and join them so that they could beef up the numbers uh, from core musicians. And that's kind of how it got started. And uh, it connected in and obviously has continued now uh, over 100 years since uh, 1920 when they first appeared uh, in the Rose Parade. Yeah, uh, I, that's that's interesting that they the band grew because it had to. I didn't realize that that was the situation. I thought it was just kind of a thing where it was like, oh, we're having a lot of fun here. Let's get more people involved. But you're saying that the Rose Parade has parameters that says your band has to be at least this big. Uh, that is correct. Matter of fact, when I moved to Los Angeles, um, I was given the responsibility um, to organize the band, the Army Band in the Rose Parade. And I did that for five years before I went to work for the Tournament of Roses. And they actually put out a um, an edict at that point that said the band must be no less than 100 playing members. Um, so you couldn't include timbrels or flag members. They actually had to be instrument players. Uh, and uh, that was kind of the, um, the requirement to stay in the parade. And obviously over the years, the Army um, was given the option to either have a float in the parade or a band. And the Army's decision was they really wanted to be able to keep the band in the parade because it really emphasized the gospel message uh, that the Army was trying to uh, pro you know, project in the mission and purpose uh, rather than uh, a float, which might dis uh, be a representative of what the Army's doing. But they really wanted to stick with the local musicians uh, participating. Mm, right. Now, when what year did you, you did you get involved in the parade, Bill? 1976. Okay. And was a long that, time ago. Yeah, before I was born. Um, yep. Was that with the, the Army or with the parade itself? No, that was with the Salvation Army. Actually, I was working. I'd, I had um, moved from Philadelphia to Los Angeles. I had bought myself a one-way uh, ticket uh, for an internship job in public relations with the Army in Los Angeles. And in addition to being in PR, they came to me and said, you're also going to be responsible for the music program. Um, in the division. <laughs> wow. So um, I was responsible to put together the Rose Parade. Uh, and I did that for five years before then I was employed uh, through a national search um, to uh, be the director of public relations for the Tournament of Roses, which is responsible for the Rose Parade, Rose Bowl football game and the running of that organization. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kevin, what year did you get involved in the Rose Parade? Well, it would be the late 90s. Probably '97, or that would be the parade on '98. Um, and I was playing trombone at the time, you know. And then it was just a couple of years later that, uh, you know, I took over as bandmaster. And the the 2000 parade was a very big one. That's when we um, started inviting all these um, young people from all across the from the country in Canada. And that's kind of what's boosted our numbers over the last few years. And Bill, you might be able to kind of remember this. Was it kind of like in the mid 80s that we started inviting guest bands across as well? Was uh, that that happened prior to my coming out here. I know the New York oh, staff okay. band, uh, the New York staff band was, was invited out here. I think it was in 1974 or 75, somewhere in that range. But during the five years that I did it, um, 
we were just working with Southern California musicians. Um, but I do believe that it might have been in the uh, in the eighties where maybe the opportunity for a visiting core band or core section or a divisional band um, staff band um, started coming out, which once again was able to make the numbers be a little bit more compatible with the other twenty one bands that are in the Rose Parade. Exactly. You know, so that's why, you know, I think, you know, that happened. And obviously they do a great little tour as well over um, Southern California. But then in um, 2000 for the, you know, for the millennium, it was uh, Colonel Van Cleef um, decided it might be a great idea to invite all these young people. And we've done that every year since. And um, that was, that's really helped boost our numbers as well. So, yeah, so I've been a bandmaster now. This was my 20th parade that I just, just completed as bandmaster. Oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, so you say that, that, that the inviting people from all across the country, all those young people that started as kind of like a, a celebration for the year 2000 and it's kept going since then. Was it just because that, that first time was such a success? Yeah, that's it basically. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were struggling with numbers. I'm sure, you know, kind of back in the day, there was far more brass players around California South and, um, you know, it, in reality, we wouldn't be able to put this parade on, um, if we didn't have the support now from the rest of the country and the supporting band, we just don't have um, kind of the manpower here, unfortunately. I and mean, we're, st- we're working on that, of course, to try and kind of boost our numbers. But the reality is that it is kind of a, a necessity. But it's also just a kind of a wonderful opportunity as well. And uh, it's so good to meet these young people. And they're so keen when they come out. And it's just really a great experience for everybody, really. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think I would support what Kevin is saying there about the opportunity for people to be able to have this kind of experience. I know that as a teenager in Philadelphia growing up, if somebody would have said to me, um, you've got an opportunity to audition and come out to California for the new year and march on the Rose Parade, um, I, I would have probably sold just about everything I could get my hands on uh, to be able to have that opportunity uh, to do something like that. Because as a family tradition, which I believe is certainly something that's happened within the Salvation Army, not only to Salvationist uh, in the United States, but in other countries now as well, that have great pride in being able to see the Salvation Army uh, marching in uh, this parade. I can remember we would always try to figure out which cameras were in what location <laughs> so that we could actually see as much of the Salvation Army band as we could. So I think for young people to be able to have that opportunity. And then there's the additional aspect of the fellowship aspect of it. Right. Of meeting fellow salvationists that have common purpose and common mission uh, in being a Salvation Army musician. Um, and, and I think there's something very unique about what Kevin is putting together each and every year. When you think about the fact of all of these people coming from different locations and each of them come together and they actually have this common bond already Frankly, other high school musicians and high school band directors and college band directors have actually said to me in my capacity when I worked for the Tournament of Roses that they were amazed that the Salvation Army could bring together people from all these different locations and actually be united in purpose and musicianship to be able to take this on. Uh, and, and, you know, and that goes back to the very early days when, you know, other core bands would get together and march in the parade. The fact that we all play the same music, the fact that we are all instrumental, that we don't have to plug anything in um, to make the sounds, and uh, we get to march down the street as a united unit, 
is actually quite unique to the Salvation Army. Um, I know of no other really musical organizations that have marched in the Rose Parade uh, other than probably the Los Angeles City Band that brings from different high schools. But once again, they have multiple rehearsals over months. Um, it is actually a credit to Kevin and each of the people who march uh, that they can actually pull this off at the level uh, that they are able to. Yeah, well, I was I was just thinking, you know, it's a it's a near impossible task for any other group to accomplish what the army does at the Rose Parade. Uh, but it's just it's just another thing that we do for the Salvation Army. <laughs> well, and it points and it points out that we need to really be working hard at the core levels to make sure that we are focused. It's it's sort of like um, you know General John Gowans said um, so many years ago about Salvationism. It's about saving souls, growing saints, and serving suffering humanity. Mm. And that three pointed uh, stool. Uh, illustration that he gave. And we need to grow army musicians and we Absolutely. need to grow them in the saints. And then for the opportunity for them to serve at their core in many capacities in serving suffering humanity. I think it is not just about blowing horns going down the street in Pasadena, California on the new year. Yeah. And you do see that, you know, all the time, you know, Bill, as well as myself, you know, you would know that we've been kind of all around the world and just being invited into that fellowship wherever we go. It's just that's kind of a unique thing. I can show up on a Tuesday night to a band practice in anywhere and I'll be welcomed in with open arms. And it's, a, it's just that spirit that we have, this community, the fellowship, which is to me is just kind of one of the most important things that we have. And we mustn't lose that. And uh, it's funny because of that kind of that fellowship and you see it, especially when we have all these young people coming from all over the countries. And a few years ago when we were celebrating kind of our hundredth year since we started marching in the parade, we had bands from all over the world. So we had New Zealand, Australia and the UK and Canada and, and the UK and the fellowship there was incredible. And we've even had a marriage out of that there as well, which mm -hmm. is kind of exciting and stuff. But those, those people have stayed in touch. And I think that's just such an important part of what being a Salvation Army bandsman is all about. Yeah. We, we, we have that really unique worldwide community. That's right. Well, and it has to be. And I think Kevin is really right when he talks about the fact that we need to really be absolutely intentional at the core levels around the army world yeah. to make sure that we are keeping it going. Cause it's not just about blowing a horn. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think in some respects, music kept me and I, I don't know about Kevin, it did, for sure. himself, but music yeah. kept me connected to the Salvation Army where my spiritual life uh, was developed throughout my life. And it was really music that, that was the foundation of the spiritual development that came. And I have seen that in salvation, Salvationists all around the world uh, as a result of the fact that they were involved and connected uh, to this Army music thing that Kevin's talking about. Yeah, it's really fantastic that they have the opportunity. So, so Kevin, you mentioned a little bit ago that uh, the, the featured bands, the, the, the guest bands, they come and they, the Rose Parade is their, their main event, but there are other marching and performance opportunities while they're in California. Can you tell us a little bit more about, about that? Yeah, so this is for sure the guest band. So this, these don't necessarily apply to the kind of, we call them the USA group, USA and Canada group. So um, when they come across there, they're strictly for, um, for the Rose Parade. But when we have the guest band across, yeah, we do lots of uh, different things. It does change a little bit um, per year depending on the dates. 
um, especially where the parade falls and where the Sundays fall and all this kind of stuff. But this year we had the Florida Divisional Band and um, they were able to fly directly into San Diego and uh, they were able to march in the Holiday Bowl Parade, which is uh, a nice little parade that they do um, just down there, um, just across the seafront. And it was a great experience for the band. Um, nowhere near as many people or as long or anything like that for the Rose Parade, but it was a great uh, introduction to, uh, you know, kind of the marching week um, for, for the Rose Parade. So they, they did that. And then we always try and get them to go to Disneyland as well, um, you know, the original um, Disneyland right there. And uh, this year, unfortunately, because of the torrential rain that we had, the band weren't able to perform um, there. But that's just something we, we generally do. Um, there's always an opportunity for a concert or two, often at Pasadena Tab. Um, the dates didn't work out for that this year, but uh, they always do a New Year's Eve celebration at Tustin Ranch as well, which is a kind of a dinner and then a concert. And then there's always the Sunday morning ministry as well, but we, which is kind of vital for the week. So that we keep them very, very busy. It's not your normal band tour where it's um, you go to a different core every night and do a, a festival or anything like that. But uh, there's lots of different elements, and we, we give them a good um, – view of everything that's going on in LA, all the different sightseeing spots and all that kind of stuff, as well as some really great ministry opportunities. Oh, I should say Bandfest as well. Bandfest is the chance uh, for the the Rose Parade bands to do their field shows. And we don't really have a field show, but uh, we do set up in concert formation and we play for 15 to 20 minutes there. And that's that's always very, very well received by the uh, the general public. Well, Kevin, I think one of the other things that you have accomplished, uh, too, is you've been able to get additional media coverage and exposure for the Salvation Army, uh, even in the opportunity of having interviews and performance, which um, once again highlights the Salvation Army. And actually, you know, way back in the early days, I know with the founding of the New York Staff Band, Ballington Booth uh, looked at the New York Staff Band being put together as an opportunity to get actually out on the street and promote the work of the Salvation Army. And Kevin, wouldn't you say that that, that has presented its opportunity as well for you? Oh, it has. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, um, it's, it, the Salvation Army is dearly loved, I've got to say. It's, um, and that's... And we have the opportunity, and when we have these media things, you know, we've been playing on the lawn of the uh, of Tournament House, as well as just kind of other interviews and stuff. It's just the, it, it's obvious that the respects that people have for the Salvation Army, and it's just great for us as uh, the Salvation Army band be able to represent the Salvation Army in the way that we do. So yeah, it's uh, it's a great opportunity, a great the biggest open air in the world. I've heard kind of used before as well, which is always a great. Uh, a great line, but yeah, great opportunities for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the delegates arrive in California, there's a little bit of rehearsal time where everyone gets to know each other, but like Bill mentioned earlier, there's not too much rehearsal time. Uh, so, but can you guys talk a bit, little bit about the, the spiritual emphasis, like the ministry aspect during their, the, the, the preparation process? What do the kids or sorry, kids, what do the young people get spiritually out of the experience? Sure. Um, you know, when they, so it's, it's almost like a music camp, really, um, when the USA group arrived. So it's, it's, it's kind of treated that way. So um, we had a, a wonderful time um, with the Florida band. We, made, we were able to make it work um, for this great uh, chapel service 
um, that we came, and that really set the scene of what this week was all about. And uh, it was just kind of a real wonderful time, and it was just so good um, to see the young people just worshipping in this way. And, uh, you know, that was really the start of the week. You know, they, obviously they arrived the day before and they had dinner, and really, but that first chapel service, that was the way forward. And it, it never changed from that point on. You could tell that this was not just a, an opportunity to be in Southern California and, you know, with all the beautiful weather that's normally around. We didn't have that this year, but it was just a, it was definitely a, a ministry opportunity for the young people. And that kept on going through. And we had a, um, a wonderful time of prayer as well on the bridge on Del Mar as we're waiting to go on to the, the parade route. And uh, Commissioner Howe really um, kind of brought us all together there, just reminding us on what that's all about. So I, I hope that when the young people leave, it's not just a great experience for um, you know, kind of musical and, and fellowship and stuff, but that they really did grow spiritually and understanding that this is an opportunity we have as Salvation Army musicians to be out on the streets and uh, and witnessing in this way and to hear people singing along with um, amazing grace and blessed assurance. Hopefully it kind of uh, really helped them in their spiritual development as well. Well, I would, I would just add to that from a Tournament of Roses standpoint, um, you know, getting in and being selected frankly, to be a band or a float or an equestrian unit in the Rose Parade is a rather uh, difficult process to go through. Uh, There are all kinds of uh, aspects that have to be reviewed. And the fact that the Salvation Army uh, is granted that opportunity, um, you know, there are hundreds of bands applying all the time to be in the Rose Parade. And only at a max 22 and sometimes it's 20 bands can be selected. And um, so it really is a great platform for the Army because the Salvation Army Band would be the only Christian marching unit in the parade. There is one float that um, is uh, put in by the Lutheran Layman's League, but uh, that is the opportunity to demonstrate and show the gospel of the Lord through a musical group and with the Lutherans uh, through their float. Right. When, now, now, Bill, when you were when you were in charge of the army's participation in the parade, when when you, would you do anything like those? Uh, what what kind of spiritual emphasis stuff were you doing when everyone got together for rehearsal? Like Kevin mentioned, his uh, uh, the church, the the chapel service, and the the worshiping together. What were you guys doing? Well, it, it would have been different back in those days because once again, we were working with all core musicians in Southern California when mm-hmm. when I was responsible. So. For example, we would have rehearsals. We had multiple rehearsals, but we would have them on Sunday afternoon after they had been at their own core mm. playing in the band that morning. We would have a time of devotion, certainly, at our individual rehearsals. But, you know, no one was staying at camp. People weren't overnight. They were heading back to their jobs and, you know, their families and everything like that. So we did not have that opportunity to be able to have a separate service with all the people who were staying at camp. Um, it was just a different day. Um, that is one of the byproduct benefits, I think, that they have today, is they actually have people collected uh, in a given spot. Yeah, they really get the, that chance to worship together and fellowship like that. Um, now, now, Kevin, I saw on Facebook and various social medias that uh, camp got flooded this year. Uh <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about how that uh, changed the preparation process? Yeah, well, 
you know, I've done this for many years now, and this has to be one of the most challenging years we've ever had. We've had lots of issues. We've had to evacuate camp before. Um, but this year, it was it was really challenging, actually, especially with the whole pandemic thing as well. So lots of preparation had to go into that. And uh, I thought the Rose Parade did a terrific job, actually, with the city of Pasadena, just ensuring everyone's safety. And But it did add many layers to the complexity of this year's um, preparations. But we got through that in the first couple of days, and I was thinking, oh, this is good. You know, that was that was the stuff that I was really concerned about. And then this storm hit. It was supposed to be one to two inches of rain in the uh, in the, the foothills there where our camp is, but it absolutely chucked it down. It was unbelievable. And uh, I got a knock on my door at 6 a.m., and um, probably Thursday morning. I'm just getting the days right here on Thursday morning. And uh, it was the camp director, and the decision was made at that point that we need to evacuate camp. Now, everyone's still asleep at this point, but uh, um, that's what we had to do. So we just went round, and we were kind of waking everyone up. It was supposed to be Disneyland Day that day. Um, so we just got everyone. We put them, everyone in the, the dining hall, and uh, then we started the process. And it was actually that we do have an emergency road out of camp, but the flood was so high that that was also blocked. So we had to, we only had like these two vans on the other side of it, and we had to walk across this kind of little muddy path. But it took us three hours to evacuate camp from that time. But no one had their stuff with them at that point. So um, at that point, we just couldn't have the the Florida Man March, and we had to cancel that. Um, the young people from the USA, they still went to Disneyland. They got absolutely soaked. But um, yeah, it worked. And then it was amazing to me just to see the army come together at that point um, with the the division, California South Division and THQ and CFOT. And that morning, we managed to get everybody um, rooms and accommodation for that night. It was at the conference center and different hotels and stuff because we weren't, we just couldn't get back into camp. So that night, we all stayed in different locations. And then the next day, at about 12 o'clock, we were able to go back to camp, but only through shuttles. So every time we went in and out of camp, we had as many minivans as we could find, and we had to shuttle 150 people in and out of this of this thing. So every time we left camp, it added an hour. Every time we came back to camp, it added an hour. And that went right through to the morning of the parade as well. So even on we had to we were very early this year in the parade. Um, and we had to leave camp originally it was going to be 4:30. But we had to move that forward to 3.45. And uh, we started the shuttle service. And then we had the buses waiting outside on the road. And this must be the busiest day for buses when it comes to California transportation or Southern California because you've got the Rose Parade as well as the Rose Bowl. So there's so many buses. So we always end up you know, with a different company on that day. And would you know it, three out of the four buses were an hour late showing up. And we were standing out and uh, freezing cold. But, and I'm sure this is Bill's influence for many years, the tournament roses do have a lot of uh, kind of time built in. So there's a lot of hurry up and wait. So we managed to get in the buses. We were a little bit late um, getting to the actual, the first staging area. But then after that, everything was uh, nice and smooth. The one good thing we had, we were late. We were about 25 minutes late. But I'm pleased to say that the Ohio State or the Ohio, Ohio University were even later than us. So that's good. That's all people are going to remember is Ohio were the latest. So we were fine. And it was, so you have all these issues. and uh, But, you know, 
it all works out in the end. And I thought the parade was one of the best parades we had, actually, after all those troubles. It, we hardly stopped. It was a very good pace. And we managed to get through um, with no problem, no dropouts at all throughout the whole parade. And it was another beautiful day in Pasadena, even after all the, even after all the rain that we had had. I guess it cleared out all the clouds and uh, cleared all the dust off all the trees and made it look nice. Yeah, there's some snow as well, some snow yes. up in the mountains, and uh, yeah, we and that was we had to unfortunately cancel a uh, a Sunday afternoon event for the Florida band because there was been an outbreak at that center. So I was trying to figure out what to do, but then we realized this band's from Florida. They've never seen they've never seen snow. So that Sunday afternoon, we drove up to the mountains. And uh, some of them had experienced snow for the first time. We were in that bus for six hours, and we got out for fifteen minutes. But they saw snow, and they loved it. And so that was that was good. Yeah. So that was another little kind of added bonus for our Florida Florida friends. Yeah. Uh, you say the parade went really well this year. Did anything that happened stand out during during the event? Well, it was just again every year. It's uh, it's that first corner when you turn and just seeing the the whole mess of people is it's just incredible. But still, it's the people singing along as we're marching down. It still uh, still gets me every time. And it's uh, you know people really do love the Salvation Army and they really do love um, the fact that we're out there witnessing um, about the love of Jesus on that uh, on the first of January. So that that's just never going to get old. Yeah. So that's kind of always what stands out to me. Well, you know, David, I think that one of the added things like Kevin is talking about there, uh, a study was done a number of years ago that um, on that day, the Salvation Army, its music, its purpose, its mission is seen by more people live and more people on television at that one event than anywhere else in the Army world. And so it is a great forum uh, to do that. Now, the reality is the Army, as Kevin has mentioned earlier, they, they have to continue to work at this. Um, it isn't it isn't easy <laughs> uh, to do this. But in some respects, there is a, a competing with, you know, bands that have been rehearsing for five and six months uh, just to be able to march in the Rose Parade and raising tremendous amounts of money to make this happen. Um but, you know, as the involvement happens with with more and more Salvationists and the Tournament of Roses um, has been expanding for years, its coverage around the world, uh, the Army Band um, is being seen in countries that the Rose Parade uh, is going to now that at one point in time it never was set. So the whole development of international television on the parade, as well as the Rose Bowl football game, uh, from the Tournament of Roses Association has expanded, which therefore expands the reach of groups like the Army Band. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I was I was also going to say, adding on to that is uh, you know, uh, YouTube videos and social medias and the event just you know can get shared endlessly and endlessly, and millions of people are going to see it. It's it's really a really great opportunity to to share our message. Yeah, and, and just jumping on that bit about kind of being more worldwide, last year when the parade unfortunately couldn't happen, um, I thought the, the Rose Parade did a good job of uh, kind of filling their two-hour TV time slot um, with all sorts of material, you know, about the Rose Parade. But what they were looking sometimes is to have people from all around the world with different signs saying, you know, we're here from, you know, Norway or Angola. It's just kind of written in their own language. 
But it's, this just shows you against just the, how, you know, how large the army is because they were struggling for a few countries. So I was just saying to them, well, what countries do you need? Just let me know. And they gave me a list, and then I would just call up some you know, bands folk that I knew in there and say, look, can you just do this? And I said, sure. And they would send it in. And so we had, we had so much representation from all around the Salvation Army world of people just wanting to help. And I know that they, uh, the, the Rose Parade certainly kind of appreciated that. So that was just a kind of a, a great way that we can um, you know, secure that partnership as well with you know, the whole worldwide coverage. Yeah. Well, Kevin, and I think that that also points out what you again said earlier is you, you kind of wonder if, if we're kind of sitting back and saying, OK, what what are some of the things that unite the Salvation Army? Obviously, our mission and our purpose, first and foremost, uh, in being able to uh, save souls and grow saints and serve suffering humanity. But what are some of the actual vehicles the Army has to unite that Salvation Army around the world? And I would say that at the top of the list would be brass bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The amount of um, um, help that people are asking from me all the time, you know, just, uh, you know, say, oh, we need these it's resources and it's music and it's just some different ideas and stuff. But it, it is constant and it's. And I'm happy to help however I can. Um, but I know it's not just me that is getting asked. It's just, just so many people. And it's, it's true. It's just kind of uniting us. And if I can help in any kind of way, I'm, I'm always happy to do that. And so I think you're right, Bill. Yeah, the brass band has got this uh, kind of a huge impact that really does affect the whole world. I want to add to that that it, uh, it, it removes language barriers when you're playing music with somebody because all you got to read is what's in front of you. And then... If it's a, if it's a Christian piece like what we play in the army, then you're 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 bonding over that shared uh, sense of the spirit when you're playing a a holy song together. And I will say this, you know, sometimes I hear kind of more the negative things, which you know, it's, maybe it's time to move on from brass bands and stuff, and and all this kind of you know you know stuff. I, I don't like hearing it. But then Bill alluded to how many bands are trying to get into the Rose Parade every year. It's it's around the world, you know, away from the Salvation Army. This kind of wind band and brass band is absolutely huge. So it, it, I really start scratching my head when people are kind of saying, well, is it time that we maybe start thinking about something different than brass bands? When the rest of the world is really just embracing this kind of, uh, you know, music making. So why wouldn't we do the same? So mm-hmm. anyway, that's my, li- that's my little soapbox there. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think your soapbox is correct, Kevin, um, because frankly, serving as the CEO of the Tournament of Roses and working there for 36 years, Mike, in my career, uh, people would say to me, well, you know, music and banding and things like that are uh, something of the past. And, and I, I basically had to look at him and say, I don't know what moon you're living on, because, <laughs> right. frankly, uh, I don't see that. I see across the United States, Canada and around the world today, there is this whole concept of banding and the role that instruments uh, and music plays in the quality of people's lives. And frankly, one of the reasons why there are now marching bands even all around the world and wind on groups, as Kevin has alluded to, is because that has gone into countries where this was never even part of the culture. And one of the vehicles that, that they look at is I want to get my group to Pasadena on New Year's Day to march in a rose parade. And they will do everything in their power 
to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And um, so the concept that that instruments or can't be used, and in the army's case, for the glory of the Lord, uh, Frank, I think it's pretty scriptural. Yeah. And um, I think that we need to be very careful that we don't so quickly move on to quote the next thing and throw the baby out with the bathwater. Absolutely. Yeah, you're both right. Uh, it's it's essential to army ministry in my mind. The two are the two are tied forever. You can't do one without the other. Now, you've both been doing the Rose Parade stuff for a very long time, and there's a lot of prep that goes into it every year. Uh, starting with Bill, can you share with us a story that has impacted your life and that inspires you uh, as you you know as you go on? You, you don't do much to uh, I don't think you do much to help out with the parade now, but just is there anything now that still inspires you from one of your experiences with the Rose Parade? Well, I think that one of the things over the many years that I was responsible for the operation of the association and uh, with the parade and the football game and our other many events, plus our all our members that come together to to pull this all off. It is about bringing people together uh, in a unique way that is not political. It is it is not um, we are we are not fixing all of the world's woes. But, the, but by bringing people together at the new year, we talk about what the aspirations and hopes can be for this next year. And I think that that's one of the things that that radiates from my years there. And uh, frankly, being a salvationist and actually having the role as CEO really gave me opportunities uh, within the Tournament of Roses structure and with all of our um, participants, whether they were television broadcasters, uh, social media uh, corporate sponsors, uh, universities, uh, football teams. Being a salvationist in that role gave me an opportunity to actually witness and have a ministry in the community as a salvationist. And uh, I, I think that had an impact upon my life um, for the good. And uh, I believe that, you know, the Lord kind of places us all in all kinds of different opportunities uh, and once again, I go back to the basic premise of it all is that I always felt that I was a salvationist Christian first before I was the CEO of the Tournament of Roses. And I think the Lord gave me that opportunity to demonstrate what the Lord had done in my heart and continues to do in my heart. Um, and uh, I hope that somehow that is. But, but the best memories come from the opportunity of being able to be with people and uh, achieve something that none of us could have ever achieved by ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and, and for you, Kevin, is there, a, is there a story or experience that just keeps you going? <laughs> well, it's, it's just all about the people, as Bill was saying. It's, um, it's, that's, you know, the thrill so much of just seeing all these people coming together and just, just loving this experience. You know, I was over in Florida um, just uh, you know, preparation. Um, or you were there, David, and uh, I went to Clearwater Core, and uh, again, I was invited in. It was very nice, and I was just playing tuba at the back there. And then someone said, "Can you?" Re-, you know, and it's a big band. There's probably I don't know thirty or forty people in there, and they were saying, "Can you just raise your hand if you or a family member has been impacted by the Rose Parade, and especially with these young people coming out?" And nearly every hand went up. 
And that just shows you, it's just how much of an impact this parade has had. I mean, that was just one core band, admittedly. You know, it's a large core band with, you know, with lots of kind of army history there. But I think it's the same all around the country. So many families and individuals have been impacted by this opportunity. And that, for me, is just a thrill that I, I'm just a part of that. I get to be, you know, um, just part of that storyline as I'm helping to put this thing together. It's just, you know, the... You know, it's just the people coming together and really um, getting to know each other. And I really, truly believe that it's a spiritual experience as well as they go through that week. And just being a part of that, that's that's what's impacted my life the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. So what are your guys' hopes for the future of the partnership between the Salvation Army and the Tournament of Roses Association? Well, I hope it keeps going. Yeah, you know, um, the army, uh, the army is committed. Um, I'm really pleased that just in the last year they've managed to secure the funding um, for for however many years now, and uh, I'm really pleased about that. And I just see great things. I it's the first time really that we've, um, especially with the, the president, we've invited the president out, and uh, he was in Florida, and we had a really great time, just really showing. Um, uh, Bob Miller, just some of the different uh, Salvation Army ministries that are going on in Florida. And I, know, and I know that he was very impacted by that. And I want to continue that. I want to have a, a much stronger and tighter bond now with the Rose Parade. And uh, and who knows? I mean, the Rose Parade is far, I should say the Rose Parade, the Tournament Rose is far more than just the Rose Bowl game and mm-hmm. the parade. Um, they're really part of the Pasadena community and they're really kind of engaged in everything there. And if we can, and if we can kind of jump on board of that and then just make it even a, a stronger partnership, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. And what about you, Bill? Well, I, I think Kevin hit it on the nail. It's, it's about building relationships. But isn't that true about everything in life? Um, I, I think that obviously I no longer have an official capacity, even though I have an honored, I'm an honorary life director of the Tournament of Roses. But, um, you know, my uh, my platform as the official Tournament of Roses leader is over. And uh, I certainly want to continue to see the Army's involvement with the Rose Parade. I want to continue to see the Army's development of young people in music ministry who turn into, um, you know, their careers wherever they are, that the Lord will impact their lives, that they maybe will go to training, uh, that they will be future officers in the Salvation Army, future local officers, sergeant majors, Sunday school teachers. That's my hope of what the byproduct of the music program does. But when it comes to the Tournament of Roses, I think it is about building relationships and keeping them alive, because as relationships or people change too much, we kind of count on the fact that, oh, yes, that's going to happen. And uh, and anything that somebody's been doing for 100 years, as the Army's been doing in the Rose Parade, there can become that point where people say, well, you know, yeah, we all, we're always in the Rose Parade and that will happen. As pressures to the Tournament of Roses come about in broadcasting and how long the parade is, who is involved, what is happening on, the influences that come into the Tournament of Roses uh, in managing these events, the Salvation Army needs to be a player. And Kevin has done well on that over the years. And I can remember when I was even there, Kevin would come in and we would meet and we would do stuff. But um, in some respects, uh, I guess I tell you a little bit cute story is I sat through a meeting one time and I was sitting in, it wasn't my committee meeting, and I sat in the committee meeting and they started talking about repeat bands. And the discussion went, 
should we really be having repeat bands in the Rose Parade? And there was very serious discussion about it, that we really need to open up these slots and give more opportunity for all these other bands that can't get in. And um, and actually, if you are in the Rose Parade, there is a three-year limit. You have to be out for three years. You can't come back for three more years. So if you're in there, uh, you're out for three years, and then you can apply to come back again. But um, when they started talking about the repeat bands, and they actually mentioned the Salvation Army, I did find it a little uh, overwhelming. Everybody in the room turned and looked at me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, because... They certainly knew of my Salvation Army involvement as a Salvationist. And um, I just said, well, uh, you know, that is a decision that uh, is going to have to be made by this committee and recommendations. Um, and so, therefore, I don't think the Army or any group should look at their involvement in the Rose Parade as we got this. Um, and so I think the work that Kevin's doing and that now that the Army is uh, supporting from all four territories uh, in this involvement is a step in the right direction that will help ensure a good future. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for sharing with me this morning. Uh, before I let you go, Bill, I need to verify the, the truth of a statement, a, a story that uh, Kevin shared with me. He told me in Florida that the, the reason, one of the reasons the army is invited back every year is because way early on in, in the army's involvement in the parade, there was some kind of torrential downpour on the day of the parade and the army was the only band that finished and that the parade was so happy with their performance that they just said, okay, you guys can keep coming back. Is there any truth yeah, to just, that story? Just, just to cover myself, I did say, I'm not sure if this is true. I did say <laughs> that true. too. You're I, right. say the, I did say the tradition is, and I told <laughs> that story. So, Well, I think Kevin could very well be right. Um, the reality is it has rained at least 10 times on the Rose Parade. And in some of those early years in the 30s and 20s when it did rain, the um, drainage system of the city of Pasadena were not very good. So maybe the Salvationists wanted to get to the end of the parade so they could get a hot cup of coffee or something. You know, <laughs> uh, it could be that, that that. But I would say that the chances are that there is no one in the Tournament of Roses organization today, even though they serve for a long time, who was around when that may have happened. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose so. Uh, well, thank you both for for It's a good talking story, though. Yeah, it's a good one. It is a good one. A nice legend. I, I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I, this was a, a really nice conversation, and I, I enjoyed hearing what you both had to say. Uh, and I hope it was a, a good use of your morning hour <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely thank you so much for inviting us that's going to end this episode of the fight for good podcast be sure to subscribe for the to the fight for good wherever you listen to podcasts don't forget to follow the war cry and peer on facebook instagram and twitter we would also encourage you to check out the january edition of the war cry where you can see a lot of great photos from the rose bowl parade and some features on this year's participants until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. See you later. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.